0: Welcome to the Think Kingdom podcast. I am Marcus Looney, the creative arts director here at Think Kingdom. I want to welcome you to week four, filters seen through a kingdom lens. So let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us with our resident pastor, Ramon Velagamba. Hey,
1: good morning, Think Kingdom. It's, it's a joy to worship with y'all every Sunday. Um, I love it. I love being at Think Kingdom. My name's Pastor Ramon. If you don't know me, uh, we're continuing today in our filter series, um, is Seeing Through a Kingdom Lens, preaching through the fourth beatitude today. If you're with us for the first time, I'd ask if you just on YouTube or Facebook, you just say hello in the chat. Uh, hopefully, our family welcomes you. Um, we're happy that you chose to worship with us this morning. Um, and today, we're going to be going to... Matthew uh, chapter five, verse six, and I'm reading from the Christian standard Bible translation. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This morning, I'm preaching a message entitled Righteousness Through a Kingdom Lens. Righteousness Through a Kingdom Lens. Let me go before the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for this time that we have together. Um, Every Lord's Day is a special day. Mm -hmm. It's a special day that we can commune with you, uh, that we can participate in the gift of worship, and that we can hear a word from you. We desperately need you uh, because we are poor in spirit and we need to be renewed in our mind through the preached word. And I just pray, Father, that this morning, whatever you have Um, that you want to relay through me, through the Holy Spirit. I pray that it's receptive to the hearts. I pray that we continue to grow more and more into the image of the Son so that you will be glorified. And I just pray, Lord, that you use me, a vessel, to point to our great King Jesus. I pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in his holy name. Amen. When I was growing up, the biggest dream I had was to to be an NFL quarterback. I wanted to to play in the league and more likely than not, I grew up I grew up in the 80's and the 90s, so I wanted to kind of be like Warren Moon. Not even Randall Cunningham, you probably say, but that's besides the point. But back in those days it was rare to see a black quarterback honestly lead the team. but more than just the color of the skin of the quarterback. What really stuck out to me was that most NFL decision-makers already had a certain view of a quarterback that fit the ideal standard. And this ideal standard required that the quarterback was a certain height and was a drop-back passer. For those in power, they didn't really believe that a great winning quarterback in the NFL could be a good runner and a good passer what many of us would call today a dual threat quarterback. And even though there were winning quarterbacks in the league, um, like Steve Young and and others, it wasn't until the early 2000s really when Michael Vick really changed the view of the league. He helped change them to what's now seen as the the modern quarterback. Like if there wasn't a Michael Vick who was successful, who knows if there would have been a Cam Newton but prior to michael vick and prior to that time prior to then the lens through which the nfl decision makers saw the quarterback position was a either or rather than a both and view of things and for us today as the church for us to see through a kingdom lens requires us to see the world through which how Christ sees the world. And Christ doesn't see the world as an either or, but Christ sees it more in a both and view. As we've already discussed, sin is a major factor that darkens our filters, that impacts the lens through how we see the world. But also I want you to know that our culture impacts our seeing through a kingdom lens as well. If y'all didn't know, the first century Middle East is a whole lot different than 21st century America. And unfortunately, like the NFL decision makers, most of the church in America hasn't seen the biblical teaching of righteousness in the right view. Some of us have been shaped by sin, but also some of this has been shaped by the culture of the world that we live in. But like it has took some time for the NFL to change his view on the quarterback, I feel it's time for the church today to recover the understanding of the early church of seeing righteousness through a kingdom lens. And the main point of today's sermon that I want y'all to really listen to and think through is we must see righteousness as Jesus saw it to see through a kingdom lens. And first, Jesus saw righteousness is wholeness. So, a rundown of the series so far. We started with Pastor Antoine digging into the fact that we are blessed when we're poor in spirit. And that I the second week I impact, Blessed are those who mourn. And last week we heard a great message on blessed are the humble. And so for understanding righteousness, what we're talking about today, I want you all to know that if you don't understand this specific beatitude properly, you're going to struggle with reading through the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. So you're going to struggle with reading Matthew 5 through 7 because you have to understand kind of what's the focus, what's the definition that's in view. So, a, a good baseline to kind of bring us in, and it's actually only, it's one part of what righteousness is seen by and through the lens of Jesus, but I want y'all to understand that righteousness is repentance and obedience to God's word and scripture. Most Christians and non-Christians often really just think that righteousness is honestly just some, some rule following, like, like that That righteousness is just just being a killjoy. That we have to follow all of these rules and we can't live life the way we want to. That it struggles struggles to keep us bound in a place that we want our individualistic freedom. But religious people actually do that, the rule following. But righteousness includes devotion to God and to others. The righteousness Jesus looks for It's not merely just an avoidance of a a little bit of heart sin. The righteousness that Christ demands involves surprising, creative, redemptive action that gets at the root of sin and it cuts it off. Jesus addresses this later. He actually addresses it right right at the end of chapter 5. He begins to address it. When he talks about just how if you are committing adultery, You must take out your eye. Or you must cut off your hand. And then it even gets more paradoxical in how he views righteousness when um, later on in chapter 6, Jesus talks about how that we love our enemies. Our righteousness we receive by faith in Christ gives us a relationship again with God. And we should live differently in response. So often righteousness is just seen as just that that justification that we receive legally because Christ, what Christ has done for us. But that's not even what Jesus has in view when he talks about blessed other are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. As the reality of it is, is that we need to be hungering and right and thirsting for righteousness every day. And we often we mess that up because we think we got it all together. We think that we have reached a certain standard and that we don't need to be dependent on Christ. And the first three Beatitudes have already showed us if we're walking like that, that we're walking in folly. The reality of it is, is that we got to start hungering and thirsting after things that will, that, that will never make us whole. Like we got to stop thirsting and hungering over those things that will not provide us salvation. As righteousness in the Old Testament is also viewed many times as a replacement and word, word choice for salvation. So we can't think that a new job opportunity is going to provide for us and satisfy like righteous, righteousness following Christ's will. We can't think that just because we got a little financial security that, that we good, that we don't have to thirst and hunger after righteousness. We also can't think just because we got our, we're getting our nutrition together, we got a little physical wellness going on, we got a little thing going on, we're getting fit, and that we're on this vegan lifestyle, that we don't need to hunger and thirst after Jesus. And we can't think just because we have now decided, or oh, we've now gotten married and our, mar- and our marriage is, is going to bring us such hope and such joy. We all know, if you marry, that it doesn't satisfy our appetite has to be for the one true and living God family the reality is we can't make good things become God things we can't make good things become God things our greatest hunger and thirst has to be that we are full with the fullness of God and His will. We have to deny the urge that we have to live by a different narrative. That we must do whatever makes us the happiest, and we can't sacrifice for anything or anyone. That's a false narrative. The world's version of happiness will always disappoint the citizens of the kingdom of God. The kingdom, we are citizens of the family, of the we part of the king of God, kingdom of God. And Jesus is letting us know in his original audience that longing after him, we will find all the happiness that will ever satisfy the longings of our hearts. The blessed realize that we never achieve the wholeness that we desire if we don't always pursue God. That we must continually, day after day, moment after moment, follow Christ. And Jesus illustrates so well for us in Matthew thirteen forty-five and 46, how we must search. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. When he found one priceless pearl, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. So see, the merchant is searching for the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven that is at hand right now for us, even today. And the reality of it is, is that as we are hungering and thirsting, after righteousness, our longing should be constant as Jesus is so, so worth it. And our lives only find their wholeness that, they were, that, that our lives were intended to have before the fall when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And think kingdom, that is the foundational verse that this church is founded upon. So, what I'm preaching today, we have to seek after and embody. If we're going to see through a kingdom lens and be sought in light where Christ has placed us, our lives will always disappoint and leave us unfulfilled. When we pursue the material over the spiritual. When we are longing after our idols. All those things that we make in a a God thing. When it's not. It's like literally, it's like longing. After those high fat and sugary foods. Boy, they taste good. But the reality of it is, they're horrible for our health. And they always leave us hungry. But when we long after, the, after righteousness, we're hungering and thirsting over it. It's like longing over whole grains, whole grains and veggies. The good stuff. The good stuff that, that curbs our hunger. It's in, it's, it fills our longing With the goodness of god and that is what we need we need that that's what makes us whole and now that we have seen what jesus sees as righteousness let us look at how jesus sees it play out in our lives righteous is personal so, historically, the church in America hasn't had any issues seeing that righteousness is personal, actually. Hope movements in the church have been de- dedicated to what you call piety or, in, in, in simpler words, devotion to God. And a good verse that talks about this and how we are to have that devotion to God, we see in 1 Peter 4.2. In order to live... The remaining time in the flesh, no longer for human desires, but for God's will. We always have to be wary about going through the motions in our life for Christ. Because when we don't remain poor in spirit, and when we don't mourn over our sins and the evil in the world, and we don't remain humble, the reality of it is, is that we'll never hunger and thirst for God's kingdom. And last week's message, Pastor Antoine, hit a lot of us. Because it revealed to a lot of us, to some of us, that we may have been moving in what you would be calling false humility. And what that message told us last week is that it realized that it still has, we still may have some some roots of pride up in us. And that walking in false humility also it hits different because it impacts how we hunger and thirst for righteousness the point is we need jesus we need to be humbled by the deep need that we have for jesus that we need to confess our sins to jesus that we need jesus to fill the longest of our hearts so we desire to do His will out in the world so that we can join the work of Christ. And the thing about it is that we won't hunger and thirst for righteousness and we also we won't see through a kingdom lens because we tend to become so, so prideful. We anger so quickly. We get agitated so easily. And we condemn others too much. The fact of it is, is that we're not we're not moving in God's righteousness when we acting like that. We actually move in the opposite direction and moving in self-righteousness. And sadly about the whole thing about it, the worst is most of the time we don't even realize it. We should be walking in righteousness in the spirit and that should always leave us humble and moving in silence. We don't need self-promotion because the glory is not ours. It's the Lord's. Jesus was the embodied righteousness of God. And he came into the world to bring the restoration of all things back unto God. Through the kingdom of God. His commands to us show us how we can participate in his ongoing restoration of all things and the fact of it is family our personal righteousness should be spilling over to others that as we embody Christ's righteousness to those around us like they should take notice that something is like really different about Jen something is really different about Marcus Because they embody the righteousness of God. And the righteousness of God that is embodied by his people should always bear fruit in public. Our personal righteousness in Christ, if you believe it or not, it will never be private. So when the world tells us that you could have your Jesus, but your Jesus has no bearing on what you do out in the world don't fall for the lie and I know that a lot of you are starting to realize probably that y'all peeping that how all of these Beatitudes that we walking through one by one each week they are all like conjoined and interdependent like they build off of each other and they need one another the Beatitudes show us brothers and sisters how much we really need each other. And in fact, we call brothers and sisters for a reason in Christ. Because we family. We need each other. And Christ is calling us to be people of godly virtues. As we are called to reflect his character out in the world. That we are renewed image bearers who are called to to image Our Lord and Savior, as we go, where we live, where we work, and where we play. And we're supposed to lead others to follow Jesus. We don't create righteousness, we don't create the standard of it. All of that is of God. God is the standard of righteousness. And the world is always trying to create a new standard. Their values always are shifting. They are that house that is built on sand, because they do not have the cornerstone. So let us be people that major in living in virtues, rather than values, because values shift with the times. And moment to moment, when we choose values over virtues, we often get caught up looking through another lens. Rather than through a kingdom lens through which Christ has given us. And when we choose to live looking through another lens. We fail to embody the way of the kingdom. The world doesn't know that salvation exists. And that Christ came to provide salvation when we look at like the world. Our call is to live rightly before God offering our bodies. As a living sacrifice, dedicated to God and pleasing to him. And that means we're charged with constantly renewing our minds through scripture so that we can walk in obedience and obedience through that scripture. Right. That's our righteousness to be formed by Christ rather than the culture. Jesus saw righteousness not only that it, that is wholeness and it is personal, but also that righteousness should be social. Jesus saw himself as the way of the kingdom, as obedience to God's word and scripture as was re- revealed in the Torah. Jesus saw the righteousness, those who loved God and loved others as themselves. And we got receipts for that. Matthew 12, 37 to 40. He said to him, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and most important command the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets depend on these two commands let's keep it going matthew 7 12. therefore whatever you want others to do for you do also for them for this is the law and the prophets so all right i want you all to peep game so these first four beatitudes they really set the they really set the basis, kind of like the law and the prophets and the Ten Commandments. You know how like the first four in the Ten Commandments are, are are commandments that are unto God. That's the same way these first four beatitudes actually are. That they that they that they're really seen in relation to God. But as you'll see, the rest of the beatitudes that we work through, just like the second table of the law, which is the last six commandments of the Ten Commandments. That is how we deal with ourselves, ourselves in relation to others. And that's the same thing with these last um, four Beatitudes that we're going to go through is how we treat others. So, but this last one sets the stage where righteousness is social, because the reality of it is, is that if we're living for Christ and we're obeying the whole, all, all of his commands, then it's going to have a social impact. And for Jesus, the way he saw things in his his world and life view, he saw righteousness and justice were two sides of the same coin. It wasn't a it wasn't an either or. It was a both and, and there was a sacred overlap between what many would call righteousness and justice. So the what even t- even takes us even farther and deeper into that is that the most common Hebrew word for for, uh, and also the most common um, New Testament Greek word for righteousness, oftentimes in different translations, people use it interchangeably between righteousness and justice. Like even our, our text we got today, some translations that you'll find, some biblical translations, you'll see that it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be filled. So the reality of it is, is that the theology of of, of Love of God and love of neighbor aren't divided. They never have been and neither is it selective. This is what the religious and the irreligious of Jesus day always got wrong. And in our day, it's the same thing. We got to keep it funky. If we say that true righteousness is seen by Jesus is repentance and obedience to all scripture. We have to focus our minds on the big issues. Like, especially a lot of big issues we see in the prophets. We got to major in the majors and minor in the minors. So we can't neglect issues like mercy, which is our next beatitude that Pastor Antoine's going to dig into. And peace, which is, uh, that's the next one I preach in a couple of weeks. And justice and faithfulness and worship and holiness and love. We need all of those major issues to not be neglected for us to see through a kingdom lens. Like as we hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness and justice is not just giving others the dignity they deserve because they're made in the image of God, but it also includes showing mercy and compassion to the outcast, to the foreigner, the oppressed, the weak, the orphan, the widow, Our righteousness is also seen as social when we live rightly before God as family, carrying each other's burdens and encouraging one another to continue our pilgrimage in the Lord. Our staying in community together sharpens one another, keeping us from being seduced by the false gods of our age. Brothers and sisters, Family, we so need each other. We need to press in with one another so that we can have the wisdom of others through the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives. We need to remind each other that our narrative that we must live by is Jesus is Lord. And because Jesus is Lord, that impacts how we should see all of life because the gospel applies to all of life and then that helps us, we can say no to the narrative that everyone has the right to decide what is right and wrong for themselves that false narrative of morality and this false narrative of justice that we are obligated to work for the freedom, rights and God of everyone in the world We are called to to be a people that are shaped by justice that's shaped in God's will for our world. Not in justice that is in rebellion to God's will. We can say no because these false narratives are not what the word of God says. And they're only in the way of unrighteousness. Not the righteousness that we hunger and thirst for. We got to be all right, standing in the fire like Daniel in the lion's den because we choose to hunger and thirst for righteousness. For us to see through a kingdom lens we are starting to see that each beatitude is so needed that we can't just neglect Any of these beatitudes, we need them all, and that the filter of our heart, our our ears, our eyes will be off if we don't see ourselves rightly before God. For us to hunger and thirst for righteousness, we have to remember to see righteousness according to Jesus' standing. Repentance and obedience to God's word and scripture, and also loving God and others as our as yourself and not our own. I hope we are learning, family, that we are stronger together than we'll ever be apart. And that we have to fight against the individualistic culture we live in and that shapes us. We need each other. We all got blind spots. We all need somebody that's going to kick us in the butt because we are wrong. I was wrong. And the thing about it, thank King, that we're building. We're, we're, we're hearing the heart cry of, of, of where God has us right now. And we're ending our 21 days of fasting and prayer today. And I want I want to see y'all on the line this evening. Come on the Zoom call. Let us pray together and let's end this fast strong. But I also want y'all to make an effort, if you haven't been on our after Zoom call after service. I want you to make an effort to be on there today to talk about today's message. And if you're a guest, you're more than welcome to join us as well. The fact is, if we're faithful to Christ in any age, we always going to face the heat of the world. But as we see through a kingdom lens and embody the way of the kingdom, we will be that salt and that light that is needed in Canapolis. That is needed in Concord, that's needed in Charlotte, that's needed in Salisbury, that's needed in China Grove, and that's needed until the ends of the world. And one major application I have for y'all this week, I want y'all to read Psalm 17 every day. And let us call upon God like David did. in our prayers for righteousness and justice in our land this week. Family, may we find refuge in our God as we hunger and thirst for righteousness and justice in our divided land. And let us see righteousness as Christ saw it so we can live sent and see through a kingdom lens for the good of our community, city, and our nation. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the goodness and the truth of Scripture, the truth that is unchanging, not like the lies that are spread across our land. Lord, we're so thankful that we have your word to instruct us, to reprove us, to rebuke us, to encourage us. It's so how we need it. and so how we need to see righteousness and justice rightly So that we can see through a kingdom lens and that we can see how you saw it, our Lord. That you saw righteousness as wholeness. Only through righteousness can peace come to our world. And our world so deeply needs peace in part because we know that peace won't come in its fullness until you return, Lord Jesus. But let us be a people who is truly sought preserving the goodness In our world and restoring all things and being light and leading others to come to follow Jesus and worship the one true and living God as we seek during the season of epiphany to to go and tell. And let us um, live our lives to your glory in all that we say, do and pray. And I pray this in Jesus name.
0: Amen. this week's message from pastor ramon we can't make good things god things we have to continue to hunger and thirst after righteousness if you or someone you know is blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give feel free to text the word give to 704-741-3705 we want to welcome all of our new friends turned family to think kingdom and if you haven't Go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, the whole series, and so much more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.